Hello, this is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello. And I just got back from the High Plains Snow Goofs Festival in... The Lom- Snow Goofs? Snow Goofs. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these snowmen around here. That's, yeah, pretty much. We just have to ex- build a fortress. That's exactly what it was like. I bet it was. Hmm. That was a lovely little podcast. It was. <laughs> You got together, you all sat around a microphone and made jokes. <laughs> I'm going to throw this ice cream pie in your face. No, actually, it was Do a... you want to start over? You were like... Because we started this the first time. And you like liter- like you literally choked as soon as I pointed at you to record. I and know. now you're going to a podcast at the Snow Goof Festival. I think my problem is, is that I just got off the elliptical. And so... And boy, are your legs tired. They really are. Sure. And... <laughs> And then instead of like just continuing with water sensibly, I'm like, well, let's podcast. Pour yeah. me some whiskey. So I think that's what's going on. Mm. But uh, no, I it was it's a great little festival. It's it wasn't one that I had heard of before. Okay. And they asked me to be the keynote speaker out there. Let's say what the real name of this thing is first of all. Oh, the High Plains Snow Goose Festival. Okay, let's get that out of the way. All right. So that's I what actually, it actually I sent him a note. It's like you should just call yourself the High Plains Festival because there are snow geese out right. there. But at least like where I was directed to go to lead field trips and stuff. I saw snow geese, but it wasn't like in Nebraska where it's like, we're going to take you to see the cranes and these snow geese and you are going to enjoy them. Uh, But all you raptor heads out there, you need to go to this festival. If you are that person that enjoys being on the Hawk ID Facebook page Mm -hmm. or, you know, you love pouring over pictures of hawks and arguing with people as to whether or not is that a Harlan's? Is that a dark morph? Is that an integrade? (laughs) This is the place for you because this is this is hard hawk ID heaven, okay. and so you have well, and I loved it because there were ferruginous hawks out there, and I don't get a lot of time with ferruginous hawks. Uh, <clears throat> it's a cool bird. Who does really in this crazy madcap world with Twitter and Facebook and no, well, Friendster? The thing that I love about ferruginous hawks is they look like Muppets. Okay, so you have this big hawk. I mean, it's it's chunkier than a red tail. Mm. And uh, it it has this gape along the beak, you know, that outline. So it's just kind of sitting there. It just kind of looks like a Muppet kind of hanging out on a hook with its gigantic... Oh, like a whippoorwill or a... uh... Yeah, but, okay, so imagine the whippoorwill, if you could actually see the yellow line that shows you how terrifyingly far that goes. It's freakier with those, with the, was, what do they call those, the... The Nighthawk? The Goat Sucker? Goat Suckers. Yeah. It's freakier with them because you can't see it. You only see the tiny little bit of For those who don't know, Nonverting Bill was traumatized by a common Nighthawk. When, oh, yeah. uh, I made I made him go volunteer Pretty with much. me. I did because I did not want to be alone in that avian nursery. But uh, they had a common Nighthawk in this avian nursery. And it didn't really have to be in a cage mm-hmm. because it just did what Nighthawks do during the day. It just sits right. in one spot. So when it was time to go feed him... Uh, I just told Bill, I was like, just just dangle the, the worm in front of its, or right. mealworm in front of its mouth and it'll open it. So tell people what you saw before it opened its mouth. Oh, it's a, it's a fascinating bird. It's kind of like a fizz gig from the, uh, <laughs> from that, uh, from that movie. Dark Crystal. It's Dark Crystal. It's got, it, what you see is a tiny, tiny, little, tiny, teeny, beak, tiny, dainty beak. Tiny, beak. But its mouth is concealed by its feathers, so it's basically like the, imagine if a human being's head, like a well, like a Christian puppet, yeah, flipped back, and like you saw this gigantic gaping maw that you were not expecting at and, all. And and you may have made some noise when the bird oh, opened its mouth, yeah, because yeah. and then you thought that was the injury. It's <laughs> yeah. like no, 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 that's yeah. normal. That's have you ever normal. seen Keith uh, Keith Ledger's Joker? It's basically like that. If his head flipped open to those cut wounds. 
Oh my gosh, now when I see goat suckers, there I'm just go. going to be doing the Joker. Yeah. You want to know how I got this mouth? <laughs> Why so, anyway, so serious? So getting back to the rappers. Okay, yeah, so anyway, so there were Fruginous Hawks out there, but you had Dark Morph, Rough-Legged Hawks, you had regular Rough-Legged Hawks, Light mm-hmm. Morphs, you had Harlan's Hawks, uh, Dark Morph, uh, Red Tails, and I mean, I saw some really sassy, dark Red Tails. As a matter of fact, I was really <laughs> irritated. Why? Don't laugh at me. Continue. I was really irritated because um, I I don't get a lot of Harlan's Hawks in Minnesota, but I get enough variety of Red Tails that I feel sated here. <laughs> what? Continue. Your use of adjectives and adverbs is fascinating. Please continue. So anyway, um, I mean, and it wasn't... Dear the- Penthouse Forum, I never thought this would happen to me. Normally I'm sated by the number of Harlan's Hawks I get around here. And then I went to Nebraska. I went to Colorado. Colorado. So anyway, I'm, I'm out there and, and I'm I just like, I've never really had the opportunity to digiscope a Farouge. And so that's what I wanted to do. So I went to the cemetery and... Wait, what? There's a fruge. It's all chill. I'm chill. I pull over. (laughs) I'm setting up my scope. Nobody, because hawks flush once you start staring at them. They're like, why are you staring at me? Because when I stare at shit, I eat it. So, um, you know, and and then like I lined it up so it had this beautiful pine tree behind it. So it wasn't just Mm -hmm. an overcast sky. It's all good. Get the phone scope case and the phone on there. Mm. It, I, I hit tap, and then I kind of look up at the hawk, and I go down and look at the screen, and it's no longer a ferruginous hawk. It's a Harlan's hawk. Mm. And I'm like, what happened? And then I look, and I see the, the ferruge <laughs> flying away. Bastard of a Harlan's hawk flushed it. I, was, I may have given the bird the bird. <laughs> I was so angry. And the Harlan's was like, yeah, you want to you wanna take a look at my tail? Take a picture of this. And I was like, no, sir. No, I do not. I'm so mad. So mad. But then, you know... Uh, uh, there's a woman. This, I don't know if I should. I don't know. This is what I'm dealing with, folks. I never know if people want to be identified on the podcast or not. But I'm going to risk not. it. I'll, I'll just give her first name. Debbie took me out and she got me on a Farouge one afternoon. And I got a picture. Mm. It's in an overcast sky. But I got got some I got some time with the Farouginous Hawk. So anyway, High Plains Snow Goose Festival um, <laughs> with happens in February in Colorado. It is about three hours southeast-ish of Denver. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, flat part of Colorado. Like, if you don't like mountains, you'll love this. <laughs> but, uh, and they have some cool field trips where you can go Fuck see. Fuck those mountains. <laughs> they have some cool field trips where you can see canyons and petroglyphs mm-hmm. and nice. uh, they were all... The other thing that was really magical for me was... Uh, I went to this, somebody gave me a lead, Debbie actually, on some mountain bluebirds. So I just went to the cemetery in this tiny town. This town was so tiny. I think they considered the cemetery the park because there was a porta potty in there. So I was All like right. happy as a clam, surrounded by like 200 mountain bluebirds, just taking pictures of them. And then I could go use the porta potty if I needed to. And then. So that does sound like fun. That is the dream, especially when it's chilly out that you can go someplace chilly and flat and there aren't a lot of. Tra- and you know, you don't want to go to the bathroom. In the cemetery, like I do in the field, that's just disrespectful. I have nothing to add to that. Anyway, so it's if you, again, if you're really into hawk ID, this is a good festival to go to. Okay. <laughs> what stories do you have for? Please do not end with the most depressing story. That's all. I make I no ask. promises. I have one whiz banger of an ending. <laughs> we'll just okay. All right. Well, lay it on me. What do you got for us? Well, right now, this isn't the end. You wish. Um, This is uh, from something called Dispatches from the Field. And Mm -hmm. it's like, what would a real field work resume look like? 
Okay. And back from the time when we used to talk about jobs you could apply for that yeah. required that you knew how to handle rattlesnakes and bears and travel with a gun. Um, so things that, that biotech should be putting and field researchers should be putting on their resumes. Um, inventive when coming up with more than 10 ways to eat lentils and beans. Okay. Demonstrated ability using Gorilla Tape to keep capuchins from accessing food stores. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, well-versed in the art of extracting ticks from myself and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, knows exactly what sending electricity through water feels like going through the human body. <laughs> Example, too many falls and streams when electrofishing. So if you want to right. just see like some of the horrific things on here, especially all the ones about going to the bathroom outdoors... It's all true. Did we ever talk about uh, like the the bear proof food containers and how bears were, or or a particular bear was figuring them out? I don't know because they're well. No, this is and this is something I read years ago, but it was this company that made like they make food containers that bears cannot open. First of all, the bear can't just bite through it, and it's it's basically like a childproof thing where you have to push and twist and all this stuff, and it's basically designed to keep your food away from the bears. And of course. Bears, like squirrels, have nothing better to do all day than mm-hmm. try and figure out. And it literally, like somebody actually on their game cam or whatever, got photo of the bear eventually figuring out how to open the bear-proof food container. Which is interesting to me. This isn't the Bear Chick podcast. It is now. <laughs> okay. So, there you go. All right. So, if you want to know what your field uh, research life is actually going to be like. I should start putting this stuff on my National Park Service res- resume. There you go. All right, so next story is woodpeckers peck wood show possible brain damage like that you would see in football players. Oh. So someone has actually decided, hey, you know all the pecking woodpeckers do? You know, like they they, they ram their head like 70 seconds Mm -hmm. or 70 times per second into Mm -hmm. wood. I wonder if that causes any brain damage. Uh, I would guess the answer would be no because they've evolved to, that's how they've evolved. Um, well, it looks like some woodpeckers actually do get brain damage. Uh, well, they're showing they're showing um, protein levels that you would see in people that have concussions. Okay. What we don't know is if they have some kind of ability to just kind of live through that, or okay. is that what you know? Maybe that's just oh. how you die after a while. You know, you're like a ten year old woodpecker. How long that, does a woodpecker live? Well. They can, I think, like, the oldest known wood... Well, it depends on which species. Well, I mean, just give me a... Like, pick one and tell me. Um, you know what? Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to uh, oh, Cornell's boy. All About Birds website. I'm already sorry I asked. Well, no. it's If you type in a bird name, it is mm-hmm. the first thing to come up. It is a great resource. And they have longevity records for all the birds out there. Sure. So if we go to... Oh, whoa. They just changed the website, so I can't find things as <laughs> easy as I used anyway, to. So, yeah. So... So give me some general information. Okay, so the oldest recorded hairy woodpecker, according to Cornell's All About mm-hmm. Birds website, was a male and uh, was at least 15 years old, okay. 15 years, 11 months old, when he was recaptured and re-released during banding operations in New York in 2010. Okay. And I also was curious about pileated. Sure. Uh, there was one that was 12 years, 11 months old when it was re-released during a band. Well, it's interesting that if this is, because we always talk about, like, you know, this always happens in, in horrible monster movies. It's like, we need, we had this problem with humans, and, and 
We found out that sharks don't get brain cancer, so we made smarter sharks. So that was like, is this going to so be the, the next So the sharks part? got smaller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are we going to, uh, to deal with the, the concussion problems we have, are we going to start studying woodpeckers? And is there going to be a horror movie about killer woodpeckers? Well, there are a couple of things. You know, the brain, or the human brain is a little more, I think the article says, sloshy. <laughs> yes, the human brain is different than a woodpecker brain. Yeah, we about that. I, but I mean, we we it's not as compact and it's mushier and it has a tendency to kind sure. of just kind of like be just goo in our head. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woodpecker also has that crazy tongue that kind of wraps around the the head really tightly. So maybe that's an insulator. Maybe that's a solution. I don't know, but they're just looking at it and like, oh, maybe there's a possible solution no, for that's, concussions. I mean, that's that's an interesting. I mean, that's that's an interesting way of looking at science. It's like, yeah, so we have this problem with people who have brain injuries. Here's an animal that does this, and how does this animal deal with that? I mean, that's essentially what we do with the. Uh, with a lot of animal yeah. research. And no woodpeckers were killed specifically for this study, if anybody wants Good. to go down that train. They were they took samples from uh, field museums, like woodpeckers that were in formaldehyde, and oh, were able to study the brain tissue there. Well, you can't. There's not a lot you can do with a pickled woodpecker. So, like, if someone's like, well, hey. speak for yourself. <laughs> but the other thing was that they used uh, a control species Uh they picked a species that doesn't peck, and so they compared it with red-winged blackbirds. It was something like they tested eight woodpecker brains, and eight of them had signs of brain damage, Mm -hmm. and two did not. And even, like, a bird that was less than a year old showed early signs of brain damage. And then they tested, like, 12 red-winged blackbirds, and none of them had brain damage. Mm. What would be interesting to check next would be comparing woodpecker brain damage with uh, birds that have hit windows. Oh, that would be be interesting. So. Anyway. All right. That's, that's an interesting story. I, well, thank you for that. I give you a gold star. Ting! <laughs> okay. Um, oh, we're going to get Artie with the uh, the next one here. Okay. Okay. I, I brought up a song to play with this one. Okay. Here we go. Come on, YouTube, play. Because this song... Just needs this song in the background. It's Nouvelle Vogue. It is. Is it Nouvelle Vague? Vogue? Nouvelle Vague. Well, it's French. Nouvelle Vogue is the is the French pronunciation. I think that's how you say it. Nouvelle Vague. Anyway, it's... Anyway. You can say it the way my boss says it. Vague. Why do you say vague, vague? Anyway. All right, so... What is this? Okay, we can't play this because somebody's going to scan this and we're going to have to pay money to... This French band. Okay. So, anyway, if you want to uh, really have your heart broken, uh, look up the Nouvelle Vague song. Nouvelle Vogue. Nouvelle Vague. Anyway. Nouvelle Vogue. Maybe it's Vogue. Nouvelle Vogue. No, it's not Nouvelle Vogue. It's Nouvelle Vogue. It's not John Fluvogue. God. What is this story? (laughs) Nigel the bird found dead next to the concrete partner he tried to woo for years. Oh, yes. So it's, it's so actually it's the fact that he's made he's named Nigel and you listen to the French song uh, cover of uh, Making Plans for Nigel. Uh, he was part of a inadvertently part of a study. So they, New Zealand was trying to attract some gannets to Mana Island. 
because they were extirpated. So mm-hmm. they did something that has worked well with puffins and other colonies. They, they, you know, they put out fake puffin, puffins and then puffins were like, hey, it looks like puffins are down there. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll try to land there. So they put out all these fake gannets. And for whatever re- reason, Nigel showed up in 2015 and paired up with one of the statues. Okay. And would build nests next to it, would display next to it, and obviously during breeding season, nothing more than that would happen. But he was just so dedicated to his mate. And uh, Nigel died and was found dead next to the concrete statue that he had tried to mate with. And the other part that makes it even sadder was that other gannets had finally joined the island. Mm. So, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want a live gannet. He wanted his little statuesque gannet. And yeah, he died alone on the island. Really? It's a Galatia and uh, I forget who the sculptor is in that story. That's okay. That's uh, that's that is sad in a sense, but it's good that the birds have been coming back to that. Uh, it is, and you know, if Nigel can't tell the difference between a statue true. and a live kid, it's probably best that you really should. The, you should have played the uh, Christine Lavin attainable love song underneath it. I think that would have been. Uh, he is afraid of attainable. That would have been more uh, appropriate. So okay, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. So that's that's uh, that happened. Yes. So I'm sorry. I will link to both of these songs, and you can choose to listen to Christine Lavin or, or uh, Nouvelle Vague. Nouvelle Vague. Nouvelle Vague. Uh, making plans. Nouvelle, I know it's definitely not Nouvelle Vague. It's not John Fluvog. <laughs> all right. All right. The second time you made that joke. What else you got I'm, for us? All right. So, because that was sad. Brownie face. And you need a happy story. I don't Please. have a good song to go with this one except a Peaches song, and I don't want to put that in the podcast. Okay. Blind bisexual goose stuck in love triangle with two swans dies at age forty. What with you and the animals dying? It's, sex dying. It's not this me. Like, it's New Zealand. This it's is like Thomas. Cinemax late night in nineteen ninety three with <laughs> Shannon Tweed. This is love. In a lair of deceit and deception. This, this is this of erotic is just, passion. I don't know about that. It's just this goose wanted. He just he had a lot to give. Sure. And so he gave it to more than one swan. Sure. But uh, he fell in love with a black swan named Henry. The goose's name was Thomas. And they spent 24 years together. Great. Things got messy when a young female swan called Henrietta swooped in and stole Henry's heart. Okay. Uh, Thomas quickly became the third wheel, but instead of moving on... He decided to help the couple raise 68 signets over six years. Yeah, so, I mean, this, this, this was a this success. Is normal, this is great, because normally swan, swans are, let's let's be frank about this, swans are bastards. Especially swans, black swans, yeah. Swans are complete assholes. Geese aren't much better. But they're better than swans. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> um, so, when Henry the black swan died in 2009... Henry fl- or Henrietta flew off with another swan, and poor Thomas was all alone. Mm. He eventually went on to father his own babies, but they were stolen by another goose called George. He's just, he's kind of like it's Edith. Like place. No, he's more like, like Edith than Downton Abbey. Yeah, um, so he was taken to a bird rehabilitation trust in 2013, uh, but because I guess he turned blind. But uh, yeah, and they said he ended up hooking up with another goose, but when they showed a picture of him with the other goose, it was clearly a black swan. I'm like, I don't think this reporter knows what a difference between a swan and a goose is. But anyway, he lived a good long 40 year life and great, had a thing for swans. And okay. So you do see, you. You do you, Henry. So. Okay, that's that's an interesting story. Yeah, birds have, like we think about animals as having, you know, 
because we've had this debate before. Is like, do animals have will, or can they only obey instinct? And this is one of these weird instances where, you know, an animal through its programming, or if it has agency, if it has choice, maybe the instinct it can, told it. it yeah, it, it wanted to be so part it's of this a idea triad. of and this this idea. So it's nature is not. There are a lot of homosexual pairings. Nature in, is in not the bird a world. nature is not a machine. Nature is not a set Life thing. Nature is nature is change, as people have often said. And all of us, including birds, hate change. <laughs> we do. Yeah. But no, it's just, and it, and it kind of goes back to a discussion you and I were having the other day about how uh, swans stink. Swans stink, but no, also. A lot of people, maybe you don't, but I do. I I tend to find a sense of peace in nature. I mm-hmm. I tend to that like that's where I go to kind of unwind. I always feel mm-hmm. you know I I feel at home there. And basically, especially in the spring when I'm walking around and listening to bird song, it's horrific. Mm-hmm. It is a shit show out there because you either have someone out there saying I want to have sex, come have sex with me, let's raise babies, <laughs> or they're shouting at their neighbor, you know, just saying hey you're a jerk and out of you know sure. probably explicative city. Oh yeah, and or you have this, this the the daily grind of all the hawks out there killing and eating something every day, and if they don't do that, then they're going to die. So right. it's this constant battle of sex and murder out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, if, well, you can't really call it murder because they're well, just it's eating. death. Yeah, it's I mean, death. It's, but I mean, but I'm walking around in there like, oh, isn't this beautiful? It's oh, all no, peaceful. Somebody, and it's, uh, yeah, and it's I terrible. can't remember who pointed this out to me. It's like trees are slowly strangling each other to death. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you talk about like. Oh, it's because I remember my, you know, I think it was my dad was pointing out to me like this weird situation where there was pine trees growing and one pine tree had no limbs growing on one side of it. And it's like, yeah, it's because the other tree is taking all the sunlight. So the tree has, the tree has learned, quote unquote, that it shouldn't invest energy growing on that side of of the trunk. Mm -hmm. It's no, it's violence. There's violence everywhere. Yeah. And so, you know, if this goose found some peace with a couple of swans. And it's passed on its genetic information. It has done, if you believe this selfish gene theory, it has done what it was intended to do. Maybe not with swans. Yeah. yeah but yeah. but again, at the end of the day, what does that goose's lifestyle choice have to do with me? How does yeah. it affect my day-to-day life? You go, goose. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting story. Like, we, you know, we, we talk about anthropomorphism. I mean, you, whether you want to or not, you're going to, to some degree, by studying something, you're going to anthropomorphize it. You are saying, this is interesting to me. This has some relation to my life. Yes. Is the rabbit licking his salt block going to pick up on the podcast? I don't know. If you can hear that, if you can hear that tapping noise, that is a rob- our, our rabbit. A rabbit? That's Dougal. Rabble, rabble. That's our rabbit, uh, Dougal. Yeah. And uh, he is... Uh, enjoying some salt. He, he is licking some salt. Having some minerals and some salt. All right. What else you got for us? Oh, um, I have some footage that you can check out of an oven bird versus a garter snake. And then I forgot that I have morning bird walk bingo. Okay. So this came from the birding memes group, which is, which is a fun little group. Mm -hmm. And when people post who understand how humor works, some people, I'm like, why do you hate humor so much? Why, right. why, why did you post this? But no, this is this is really funny. And so you can print out this sheet and you can take it to your nature walk. Actually, what I would love for someone to do is to take this sheet to the biggest weekend birding. It. Yeah, actually, go with some friends with your uh, bird bingo sheet and then send me pictures of <laughs> when you right. get bingo. So um, some of them are 
So someone with Swarovskis can barely identify anything. Hmm. Okay. Uh, everyone is white. Sure. Uh, Tilly hat. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, oh, random passerby asks, are you looking for the eagles? Mm, good. Uh, let's see. Someone carrying a guidebook on a shoulder sling. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Granted, I don't go out very often. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Someone won't stop pishing. Ah, that's you. <laughs> like, I would get this just from being with you. I stop pishing. <laughs> you, are too, you are such a liar. <laughs> I, I, I am not as... I have been out with the... Like, you may not do it when you're by yourself, but you do it a lot when we have gone out walking around the... Uh, the maybe lake. that's the only time you're listening to me. Maybe. So, but... <laughs> well, you get my attention. I have to see, what's making that noise? I, I do have a couple on here where the where I'm just like, oh, come on, guys. Like, short person struggles to look into tall person's scope. Yeah. I have two things for that. <laughs> as someone who is five foot tall, number one... Tall person, if you had a Swarovski angled scope, it's not an issue because you can you can just loosen the screw and your angled scope right. comes down. Nice. I use it with kids all the time in my sure. scope. The other thing is... So that the kids can like turn it up and see into it. Oh. <laughs> the other thing is the number of tall people who, while I've been talking to someone else, decides to take my scope to look at something and then raise the tripod legs. And then yeah. I can't... And they go, hey, what bird is this? I don't know. You've just played with my tripod legs and now yeah. i can't look through my scope do you need like a mm. uh, a, a club like you remember the club from uh, the 80s do you need something to prevent people from adjusting oh <laughs> adjusting my term it's not something that happens all the time but i'm yeah. always amazed when somebody I, i'm would it be just easier to just like raise the middle well and i do middle? that oh, and okay. okay so kurt ron who i do birds and beers with right. that drives him nuts he's like why don't you just raise the legs more because i don't need the legs raised i can just raise but that's gonna mess this that and the other stuff i was like it's working for me now you shouldn't do that and i'm like they What's wouldn't it? make oh, God, it that for me insane. to be able to do that if, it, if that is that is an insane level of nipery that oh it's yeah that doesn't even make sense it was it would screw up more things to to pick up the the tripod and adjust all three legs rather than just oh. raise the middle. I know, I know. That's crazy. I know. I'm I, I'm always shocked. I mean, let me be clear. I am happy to share my scope. Sure. I have a fantastic scope, and if there is a bird that you've never seen before mm-hmm. and it's in my scope, I almost get a little offended if you don't want to look through my scope because you're going to get a good view of it. Sure. But um, so I'm happy to share it. But I am amazed. By the number of men, and this is something where I can sure. go through categorically and be like, no woman has ever done this, but have made adjustments for me for my scope without asking. Me- and, I, and I mean, I kind of look like, you know how you just kind of, the gifts where somebody just looks over really angry all of a sudden, you know, or, or the dog is like, or the, the owl. But yeah, I remember one day I was like digiscoping and some guy took and, and pushed out the objective lens baffle and was like, there, you're going to get better photos. Mm-hmm. And I was like... How do you know? Maybe I have my camera setting, so that's fine. And and I was like, I didn't ask you to tell me how to use my scope that I've been using for the last five years. I just want to say, as a taller person who goes out with you and occasionally uses your scope when you have a bird in it, it's not that much trouble to bend over. You just bend at the waist and look at That's like... And let me be clear. I have an angled scope specifically because I'm short, and yeah. I share my scope, and it's easier for you sure. to bend down and look through it. And whereas if I had a straight scope, which would be easier for me personally to use, because tall people would have to do a plie no, to look burgers. through it. But no, 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 like yeah, the men who have kindly made adjustments to my scope that I did not ask for, and I That's... think I, I even like 
very real. Oh, oh. Is that oh. manscoping? Manscoping, yes. No, there was a, there was a, I went to go look for the owl that was shot. There was a boreal owl in the Twin Cities. I think mm-hmm. I can talk about it now because no one's seen it for a while. And no one was supposed to know about it, but everybody found out about it. Mm-hmm. And so I went because I'm doing a digiscoping big year and I thought I would just go. And as I'm walking to where the owl is, Everybody's like, oh, you're not going to need your scope. It's super close. I'm like, I get that, but I want to get a picture through my scope because I'm doing a digiscoping mm-hmm. big year. Just let me, just let me have this. Just leave me alone. And uh, <clears throat> finally, like by the third guy that I passed, he's like, huh, you should have left that in the car. And I was like, I hear you. I'm just doing a digiscoping big year. This is how I'm, I'm I just want to get a picture of it through my scope. That's what I got. He's like, well, you're not going to need, that's just a waste of time. And so I said, thank you. Thank you for telling me how to use my equipment that I've had for the last 10 years. I really appreciate you explaining that to me. And it's, well, there's no need to be unfriendly. And I was like, I just, I don't need you to tell me. See, what I don't to do. like talking to people. So the idea that, first of all, you would talk to somebody. That you don't know who's doing something. Well, is everybody has the high. They just saw this boreal owl. They're excited. I'm sure, sure it was probably a joke, but I was just ticked off that it was like the third guy to tell me what I did and did not need for what right. I wanted no, to I do. No, I completely get your side, and I'm on your side, but just like the idea that you would talk to that, first of all, A, you would talk to somebody you didn't know who was seeing the bird, and B, you would critique what they were doing. That's, I don't, I don't get that. How long have you been on this planet? People love to critique each other. I know. And I'm saying, I mean, I've gotten critiques from but I would never this cr- particular day like, was meant. I'm, I'm only an asshole to my friends. I am never an asshole to strangers. Don't give me that look. The audience can't see this on the podcast. Um, people who are in long-term relationships, <laughs> I'm giving the look where I know I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> But it's a look that the person knows I'm not saying anything. I do not hassle strangers. In real life, maybe. Yeah, no, in real life, yeah. Online, maybe. No, friends of friends are don't count. Like, (laughs) like that's a stranger. Everyone, everyone I know, everyone (laughs) I am friends with, needs to unfriend everyone I am not friends with, (laughs) because all of those people are assholes. They are grade-A assholes. I look at this like, why are you friends with this person? They're horrible. Do you know that's what they're doing when they see you leave comments? Like, why are you friends with Bill Styler? He's terrible. <laughs> why are you married to him? Because <laughs> that's my fetish. Exactly. So I'm sorry that happens to you. That is I can't. That is an incredibly asshole-ish thing to do oh people love to be it's, i think owls just bring out the assholishness in people yeah, yeah, i'm sure. i'm the thing let me have a drink of your whiskey because mine's done i have damn to. it <laughs> okay so the thing that's driving me nuts about this year the thing that drives me nuts is people <clears throat> drink my whiskey well you should have poured me more uh <laughs> owls are everywhere this year i sure. cannot help it. so like somebody even pointed out early on in january like wow you've seen four species of owls and like mm-hmm. you've seen the three littlest ones in minnesota you could do like an owl and if i had really buckled down i could have seen every species of owl in minnesota in january i kind of loved that by the end of january i'd seen snowy great gray boreal saw wet but i hadn't seen a great horned owl okay. and 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 i mean in some ways the owls are kind of throwing themselves at me no, I told you about that I'm not night. Gonna make the comment I'm thinking of continue, please. <laughs> go ahead and make it. No, go, no, go continue. For it. Yep. Continue, continue. Okay. <laughs> um, I was walking from uh, the Whole Foods mm-hmm. uh, to our home, mm-hmm. and I mean it's basically a two-block walk along this bike trail. 
and it's dusk, and I see this owl come down and is cruising along the bike pedestrian trail that I'm on. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And as it gets closer, I realize that it's a barred owl. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's going to fly right past me. And then it's kind of coming straight at me. And this this is all happened in my brain in a second, but it's this is the process, is that, oh, wow, it's flying right at me. It's like, oh, the talons are coming down. Oh, it's going to attack my grocery bag. And I just kind of went, I just went, mm. hey! And then the owl kind of stopped and went by. And it was a barred owl. And and I was, so I feel like, you know, the bird literally tried to kill my grocery bag. I feel like that's throwing itself at me. I, was it more likely, was there like, probably like a mouse that was in your way? or like, No, no, I think the... there was something rustling in the grocery oh. bag. Okay. I mean, no, no, it was, it the 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 landing gear was coming, it was coming uh, no, in. No, I, yeah. I understand, like, and you were there and I was And I mean, it, it was dark. And it seems weird that it was, okay, yeah, I guess so, and they hunt by sound, I guess. Okay, they hunt by sound, I mean, okay. they have incredible eyesight, but I mean, it was dark enough that. <laughs> and you came home with, like, six mice that night. For, <laughs> well, I was going to go out for and For that ratatouille you were making. No. Hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, I've seen a lot of owls. Some of it is just, they're. We, we're having a very owly year. But I'm just so tired of all Slightly the arguments. Owlish. I mean, friendships being torn asunder and yeah. all this accusation of this person was baiting. No, I wasn't. You Maybe got me that's what the owls this. are planning all along. Maybe the owls are being agent provocateurs and trying to... Well, and we've had people like email, hey, can you talk about this owl debate and people getting too close to... I, you know what? I'm done. And here's why mm. I'm done. There's a lot of terrible things happening in conservation. Right. Um, and if you want to read about some terrible ethics, read about some of the struggles they're having in China as it's kind of a new birding country, like as in the population has suddenly gotten into birding and it's a new thing and it's kind of the wild west and everybody's going out birding, but no one has, no one's ever had a reference point for like, oh, ethics, we shouldn't be cutting down these bushes so I can get a better picture of this rarity or I shouldn't be posing these baby birds on a branch. I feel like that's more of an issue than... How close somebody gets to an owl, whether or not somebody feeds an owl. I just don't care anymore. I just, okay. let's, it's not illegal. Right. And me personally, I'm not going to throw out a live mouse from a pet store because I just feel weird about that. Sure. But it's not illegal, so it's not my goat, it's not my rodeo. Right. It's, and right. I am going to care, though, if somebody is, like, not letting the owl actually have the food. If you're just throwing the mouse out and... So anyway, right. we, this Got all started with, uh, on the birding memes page, getting the morning bird walk bingo. If you print this out and you get a bingo, whether it's at a bird festival, whether it's at a spring walk, or, oh my God, if it's at the biggest week in birding, I will love that. If I had a prize to give, I would give you, but <clears throat> I want to see it. Email me at Sharon at birdchick.com. All right. So anyway, that's what we'll leave this on. Kind of a funny Excellent. story. Is that that's okay? Fine. Okay, this is Bird Chick Podcast number 230. What? If you have any questions for Sharon, you can contact her. What? Keep going. Oh, you're waiting to interrupt me? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can find her on Twitter. She is at Bird Chick. You can find her on Facebook. Uh, you can find her at birdchick.com. You can email her, Sharon, at birdchick.com. Yes, and I'm also at Instagram at Bird. Pretty much most people... Under Bird Chick are me. Yeah. There are a few commenters that are not me. Right. It's pretty obvious that's not me. But. Because um, they don't swear. In the next week, the, I'm going to be releasing a pilot of a new podcast that I'm working on. Ooh, exciting. Without non-birding Bill. <gasps> um, it is a bird sounds podcast. 
And so I'm just going to release it, do kind of a soft release, just to, I have an idea of the format that I've wanted to do, and I have a season coming up with some episodes that will hopefully help you identify bird calls. Okay. Uh, so watch for that, and if you see things on there, shouldn't say see, if you hear things on there that you think maybe I could do differently, I would appreciate hearing that. All right, so if it should... comes down to your voice is terrible, I can't listen to this, don't even bother emailing. Why would you be listening to this podcast? <laughs> I, there, hate listening is a thing, yeah. and and people like to tell me. Mm. <laughs> All right, so where should people, like, if people want to find out where this is going to be, where, where should they look? I will put it on the blog page mm-hmm. of the Bird Chick page, but I also am going to make, like, when you go to birdchick.com, there are mm-hmm. the little squares okay. at the bottom. There will be one specifically for this uh I haven't decided on a title yet, but tentatively it's right. just called Birding by Ear with Bird Chick, but I think I have to change that because of the book Birding by Ear. Sure. But, um, but anyway, it, my intent with this is to try and help you learn bird calls uh, based on habitat. Uh, basically how I've learned bird calls uh, when I've been out doing field work, and I hope you find it useful. Anyway, nice. so watch for that in the next week, and then... Hopefully, the plan with this podcast and that podcast is that we will be on an every other week cycle. Sounds good. All right. uh, Take care. Bye-bye.